Welcome to the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help. And where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer. This podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit a physician or go to withyouhere.org slash therapists for assistance finding a mental health provider. Our topic for today is couples and communication. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Life is Better with You Here. I'm Dr. Shavana Childs, and today our topic is going to be on couples communication. But before we get started, as usual, I like to get us grounded with a guided meditation. So find a nice, comfortable spot as I guide us through this meditation. In preparation for this journey, take a deep breath. Close your eyes. As you inhale, roll your eyes upward behind your closed eyelids. Then, as you exhale, let your eyes relax and rest wherever is comfortable. Your eyes are relaxed. Your lids are heavy. And any tension you might be carrying in your forehead is dissolving away. You are floating gently and continually into a state of relaxation. As you continue to relax, imagine that you are hiking in a remote wooded area, far from any roads, towns, or people. You come across a crystal clear stream of water It appears as though no one has ever been in this part of the woods, and the stream is completely pure and natural. You are in a state of awe. Thirsty from your travels, you kneel down along the mossy shoreline to drink. Taste how crisp and fresh the water is. Feel it entering your body As it is absorbed within you, every cell in your body is revitalized. This sensation is an experience to be shared. Bring it back with you now as you open your eyes and return from your journey. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that refreshing guided meditation. So today we're going to talk about couples communication. We know that being in a relationship can be hard. Relationships can be very difficult. One of the things that make any relationship difficult, whether it's with your parents, your children, your best friend, your homeboys, your partner, is how we communicate with people. So I always tell people, it's not necessarily what you say, but it's how you say it. And people can get very angry when we say something because our tone was off or they felt it was sarcastic or they just feel some type of way about what we said. This definitely can happen in a relationship with our intimate partner because we're so intimate. We're so close to them. Feelings can get hurt very, very, very easily. So we're going to take a close look at communication, why it's important, how it goes awry, 
and what we can do so that that doesn't happen so often. Um, because we're not all perfect communicators. Sometimes we just say stuff off the rip because we don't think before we speak. Sometimes we don't want to think before we speak. Sometimes I just want to say what I say, and that's what I say it. It's not always cool, particularly when it's your partner, because that's the person that we feel closest to. That's our ride or die. That's the person we want to be with us. And so we need to treat them with love and respect. And that is very, very important. So let's look at some of the reasons that couples have problems with communication. And we want to talk about some of the reasons that people actually go into couples counseling. So number one is communication. It all breaks down to communication. Look, let's look at some of the other things. I'm going to read from my list here. So again, communication is number one. Again, having the capacity to talk open and honestly. I'll repeat, honestly about our feelings. Sometimes we're not honest about our feelings with our partner because we're afraid of what we're going to say is going to hurt their feelings. And so I'm going to say this. Sometimes it's okay to take that risk because sometimes what's unsaid is what's breaking the relationship. We need to be able to talk about the things that are hurting us. We need to be able to be honest. Sometimes breaking that up and blowing things up it's okay to blow up the situation because now you can pick up the pieces and put it together. And then the puzzle's complete. It gets better when you blow up all the pieces. But a lot of us are scared to blow up the pieces because we're afraid they'll walk away, they'll leave, it'll end the relationship. But what if being silent ends the relationship? How many of us are in silent relationships and you feel like roommates because nobody's talking? It's the same thing. But now you're just in this room with this person you don't really even know him. So sometimes we don't speak because we're scared of what we're going to say is going to hurt the other person. Both fear and love and war. So we got to do a little bit of damage to fix things sometimes. So that's one of the reasons. Avoiding conflict is not good. We need to have intentional conversations. And by that, I mean Let's sit down and talk about this. Let's have an intentional conversation. This is going to be uncomfortable. We can do this. If that's your true partner, you can do it. It's going to be uncomfortable. But if it's going to help and it gets you over that hump to a better place, I'd rather be uncomfortable right now and that we can be in a better place later. So let's look at the light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a tree. So we can do this. Addiction. Is one of the other things that people come to therapy for, for couples therapy. Addiction, I liken it when you have somebody that you're with and they're incarcerated. When they do time, you do time with them. So like when somebody's in an addiction, you're kind of in that with them. Because the decisions they make, what the addiction does to them, your partner's, the partner's right there with them. Loss of job, loss of income, blackouts, <laughs> the things that happen, jail time, all of that stuff, the partner's in that with them. And after a while, it takes a strain on the relationship. The absence of the person who has the addiction has an impact on the relationship. And sometimes it breaks the relationship because the partner who isn't in the addiction can no longer take it. And so that breaks the relationship or they're on the verge of leaving 
unless the partner who's in the addiction changes. So substance abuse has a very detrimental effect on any relationship. And so it's hard for both of them. So getting couples counseling helps, but substance abuse counseling probably has to happen first before we can enter into couples counseling or at least happen in tandem. But it's one of the things that brings people to couples counseling. <clears throat> Infidelity. Infidelity is a big one. And a lot of people think that, oh, somebody's cheated, um, whether it's the male partner, the female partner, oh, it's over, we can't. Relationships, depending on the strength, the values, the morals, how much love there is left, you know, what has happened in the relationship, relationships can survive infidelity. It depends on um, the fortitude of the relationship, how much each person wants it, what they want to do, how they want to work this out. You know, things do happen. People are fallible. Situations occur. What do you want to do about it? How invested are you? Is each person in the relationship? And so going from there and recognizing not just with infidelity, but with other issues too. Sometimes what I tell people is sometimes couples counseling is divorce counseling. And that's a reality too. And there's still therapy needed with that. Because you need to, if you're going to separate or divorce, how are we going to do this amicably? How are we going to make this so there's less stress for both of us? Is this what we want to do? Is this going to be the best decision? So going in, knowing that that's a possibility as well. Um, one of the other things, which is a big thing, which most people are like, I didn't know that was on the list. It's on the list. Division of labor. I call it chore equity. When one partner is doing most of the chores in the house or most of the chores outside of the house and then in the house. Um, if one person is feeling the heavy burden of doing everything and the other person just comes home after work and sits around and doesn't help around the house and doesn't do things outside of the house and there's that imbalance in chores, after a while, resentment begins to build and anger begins to build. And that can wear on the relationship. And it sounds like such a small thing. But I challenge you to ask another couple what they feel about your equity and see if it isn't a problem and see how they, the person who carries the burden of most of the chores, how they feel about that. And you will probably hear there's resentment and anger. And a lot of times we just kind of sit back in it and just think, oh, that's kind of how it is. But you still feel some type of way about it. And we have to realize it's not 1950 anymore. Women are full-time workers. They not only make the bacon, now I have to come home and cook the bacon and clean the bacon. While men or however the partner of the partner works, they work, they come home, and then they don't do anything. And they're not even taking care of the outside. So on the flip side, ladies or the person who takes care of the inside of the house you want the person to help you on the inside but you're not willing to share burden on the outside your equity for all genders okay everybody should have your equity so there should be a nice healthy balance if somebody doesn't do laundry good okay then they don't do the laundry but maybe they do something else but having that your equity and being able to share the load 
I've spoken with couples like, oh, well, I want them to do A, B, and C, but then they don't do it right. Okay, now wait. If you want to share, you can't expect them to do everything the way you want it done. So then what is it that you want them to do? So we have to give leeway. You're going to ask for help. We can't say, oh, I only want your help if you only do it my way on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Chore equity. Compromise. Can't be black or white. You got to find some shades of gray. We have to compromise. Uh, money. Money. In every relationship, almost every relationship, there's a spender and there's a saver. Spender spend, y'all. They just spend. Savers get annoyed with spenders. They love them until they start spending. If you have goals, if you want to save for a trip, if you want to go somewhere, savers get really, really annoyed. So we have to have a financial plan, what it looks like, what our bank account looks like. Are we going to have separate bank accounts? Are we going to have joint bank accounts? We should talk about these things at the beginning of the relationship so we know what to expect, so we know what everybody's role is, who's the spender, who's the saver. If you have two savers, great. If you have two spenders, you need to have a conversation because finances could become a problem. My, my father used to always have a saying, and I thought it was funny, but it's very, very true. Romance without finance is a nuisance. Can't do nothing with no money. So money is one of those things that can really bother the relationship. It can make the relationship topsy-turvy. Um, another thing is different parenting styles. I've had this come in in many couples. The marriage, the partnership, the relationship can be, could be great otherwise until they get to the children. And the dynamics can be changed. The dynamic is supposed to be parents up top. Children here at the bottom. Parents are supposed to be a united front. And often it's a parent and a child and the other parent is down at the bottom. It's not how it's supposed to be. Children are very good at splitting their parents. I was good at it. I knew to go to my father first if I wanted some. My mother was going to say no, so I ask her. So I go to my dad. Um, children are very good at that. They know which parent to go to to ask for what they want. Um, and so parents need to be united front, decide on what your parenting style is. And this may need to be a discussion before you have children. If that's an option that you have, sometimes our babies are surprises. Um, and we don't have the opportunity to discuss that before the baby. We can discuss it while the baby's being baked. What we want to do, what our parenting styles are going to be, take parenting classes. Um, we have a podcast on conscious parenting. Check out the podcast. Decide what kind of parent you want to be and what your parenting styles are and maybe how you can um, meld them together so that you get the best of both worlds. But have those discussions. Um, it's also important to have discussions about your values and morals. Now, do you guys have the same values and morals? This is good to have in the dating phase. You know, in the dating phase, oh, we love each other so much and he's so cute and she's so pretty and this is great. And, oh, I can deal with this. You know, it's okay. Yeah, but 20 years of that, that can be annoying. It, it, it's not the same. He's not that cute anymore or she's not that pretty anymore. 
that that thing annoys you and it can start to whittle away at the relationship. So considering what your values and your morals are in this relationship and how that can impact the relationship, what's really, really important to you that you don't want to give up? What's an important value? What are important morals to you that you need to be on the same page with your partner, that it really does matter? Uh, family of origin problems. Demen Lajol. I was blessed. In-laws love them. Beautiful. And my husband is blessed too. My family loves him. So we didn't have any problems. But I've heard horror stories about it. So the one thing I have to remind people is when you get married, you partner up to come on. This is the person you sleep with, you wake up with. It's the person you need to be happy with. Sometimes our loved one, our spouse, our partner has ties to the family that are so tight that the family tells them what to do and they listen. Uh, mama's boys, daddy's girls, they listen to their peers before they listen to their spouse. That can take a toll on the relationship. I feel like my mother-in-law is running my household instead of me. You feel a certain type of way. Or the husband feels like his father-in-law is coming over, fixing things in the house, and he's the carpenter. You must go a certain type of way. Does my wife, my husband not trust me to do the things I need to do? So there's self-esteem issues, anxiety, depression. All of those things can filter in and mess up the relationship. It can disrupt the relationship. It can disrupt the, the mirror of happiness. And so we have to be on the lookout for those things, consider those things. And those can be some of the hard conversations to have, but they need to be had. Okay. Differences in values. We just talked about values. How do you value money? How do you value education? The types of friends that you have? What are your likes and dislikes? We overlook these things early on because we love them. Oh my God, I love them so much. 20 years later, you still love him, but whew, if he do this one more time, I'm going to scream. You hated 20 years, but now that thing that was cute 20 years ago is not so cute anymore. Please don't do that. And so we have to recognize those things. You touch with one another and know that over the course of a marriage, you all will change. Who you were at 20, you will not be at 30 or at 40 or 50. We evolve. The marriage will evolve. And it's hard work. There will be days you can't stand each other. And other days you will be so in love with each other, you can't keep your hands off each other. And recognize in a relationship, being in love ebbs and flows. You will not always be in love with this person. You will always love them, hopefully. But you will not always be in love with them. And that's a reality shocker, too, because we think, oh, my God, I'll always be in love with it. No, some days you will wish they would go away. Some days you wish you could fly away. But other days, there's no place you'd rather be. Communica communication is key, and it helps keep that feeling going. It helps keep the changes steady instead of going like this. It's an ebb and a flow instead of that crashing wave. Communication keeps everything just calmer, just a lot more calmer and key 
And you'll still learn things about your partner that you didn't know. Like, I didn't know you felt that way. I didn't know that's how you, you were thinking. I didn't know you thought that. It's because we're not talking. We should always be talking. Always be talking. So again, where there's hope, there's hope. So here's the help. Um, we're going to talk about some ways that we can communicate. And remember that communication is a two-way street. And it's not always about talking. Communication is also about listening and not listening to respond, but listening to hear what the person is saying. A lot of times we listen to, okay, she said that, I'm going to say this. And I, did you hear what they said? Did you hear that they said they were hurt? Did you hear they said they felt unloved? Did you hear they said they weren't, they felt unappreciated? What did you hear? Have intentional conversations. If there's a problem, don't skirt the issue. Plan to sit down and discuss the issue. So I always encourage people to have couples meetings. So this is how it goes. You literally, no phones, no TVs, no tablets, no kids, no dogs, cats. It's just you and your partner. You sit down, you talk to one another. Hey, babe, how was your day? How's everything going? How do you feel about our relationship? Is there anything that I could be doing better? Here's what's going well for me. Here are some of my concerns. Then you go to the other person. Hey, babe, how was your day? How's the relationship going for me? For you? Is there anything that I could be doing better? It's going to feel weird the first couple of times you do it, but after you continue to do it, it becomes rote. You do it all the time. And then you just do it in passage in the kitchen. Hey, babe, you cool? We good? Is there anything I could be doing more? Do you need help with anything? And you just automatically do it but you've opened up that communication that just starts to happen naturally. So communicate, have intention conversations. And when it's something serious, hey, babe, I really need to sit down and talk to you. Can we make a time? So nobody feels on the spot. Nobody feels rushed. And you make time for your relationship because your relationship is important. It's a priority. You got a hot 10, you should be the first hot five. You have to have that priority in your relationship. Use I statements. When we say things like, you made me angry, or you make me sick, or I wouldn't have done this if you hadn't said, those are all blaming. And when we blame somebody, the fence already goes up and they're ready to fight. So they aren't listening because they're on the defensive. They haven't heard anything you said other than you, they've made you do something. And I'm, I'm ready to fight now because what did I do? So we use our I statements. I feel angry when you don't share the chores around the house. I felt angry when you told that inappropriate joke in front of our friends. So it takes away the blame. You're accountable for how you feel when they said A, B, and C. And so now they don't feel blame. They can be like, oh, that I'm sorry, that wasn't my intention. Next time I will be more mindful. Oh, okay, what do you want me to do around the house? Oh, babe, I didn't know that joke was inappropriate. I am so sorry. So they're not defensive and they can hear. So use your I statements. When you're in a disagreement that's becoming too heated, agree to walk away. A lot of us are at fault for, nope, I'm going to continue this. You're going to hear what I got to say. 
and the other person's trying to walk away and we just keep going, 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 going. We follow them into the other room. They try to leave the house. Guess what? You ain't leaving because you gonna hear detrimental. Because guess what? They haven't heard anything you said. And you're getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. Nothing has gotten resolved. Nothing has happened. I always encourage people, find a safety word, hot biscuits. So you could be like, you know what, there's some hot biscuits in here. Whether y'all with company or y'all alone, that's the key phrase of let the other person know, I need a break. And I encourage people to use a safety word because it kind of throws the other person off. Like, wait, hot biscuits, what are they talking about? And it's kind of funny. So it throws a little bit of humor in there. And then they listen to, okay, they need to walk away. And I probably need to let them walk away. Let's just table this. And you say, when can we talk about this? But table it so calmer minds can prevail. Because everybody time to cool down and come back to the situation. But do come back to it. Unresolved issues only come back. They don't disappear. Use your keyword, whatever that word is, something that only you and your partner know that nobody else is keyed into because if you're in a public space and they've done something that's offended you, you can say, Hot Biscuits is over there getting warm. They know, oh, I didn't say something, did something I shouldn't. Let's check in. And you can send a quick text. Hey, is everything okay? Nope. I didn't like what you said about blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. They know to back off of that. Then the night can go smoothly. Use your resources. All right. Um, we talked about the couples meeting, which can go well. You can also use it with your family. If you have children, have a family meeting, get the children involved so the children can tell you what they appreciate, what's going wrong. And you can tell your children, hey, I appreciate you did this. I will. I have areas of improvement for you. I think that, that this would be helpful, blah, blah, blah. And then you could talk to your children too, because they can let us know they think would be helpful. Again, open up that relationship, not just with your partner, but also with your children. Um, the other things is show gratitude and interest in your partner. We love them, but we still need to say please and thank you. Um, my husband does whatever around the house, or he'll get me a glass of water, or he still opens all my doors, and I thank him every single time. He looks at me like, really? And I'm like, yeah, because I want him to feel appreciated, and I want him to still keep opening my doors and getting me water. I want him to feel appreciated, and I like feeling appreciated. When I do stuff for him, he thanks me. That makes me feel good. 21 years, yeah, I want to still be appreciated, and I want him to feel appreciated. A smile, a thank you, a please goes a long way, and it costs you nothing, but will get you a whole lot. So show gratitude. Show grace. It's all beautiful, and it will get you some wonderful, wonderful rewards. Pour into your relationships. It's one of the best relationships you could have if you make it. And make sure you're being respected. If the relationship is abusive in any form or fashion, you need to reconsider that relationship. Seek therapy. And if therapy doesn't fix it, then maybe that isn't the relationship for you. Nobody should be in an abusive relationship. Take the steps that you need. Seek the help. There's crisis lines. There's help out there for you. Life is better with you here. There's tons of resources for that. Domestic violence hotlines, all of that. 
you are to be loved and respected. Male, female, whatever. Abuse is not for you. That's not what we're here for. So love yourself. Love your partner. But you are a priority. Abuse is a no-go on any level. So while you show that grace, make sure you show it to yourself first. Make sure you show that gratitude to yourself first. Because you are a gift. At the end of the day, you're the gift. You're the prize. Again, therapy can be worthwhile for opening communication and relationships. Um, don't give up. If the relationship is worth it, you're being treated the way you deserve to be treated. Don't just give up. Don't just throw your hands up. It is hard work. And you will always have to work at it. Always. It's not you just get married and skip down the aisle with unicorns and rainbows and that. This is this work. It's potholes and running streets and dirty water and it's a lot of fun stuff. But you gotta make the fun stuff. But you gotta be treated well and you have to treat the other person well. Be good to your other half and be good to yourself. So my challenge for you is to initiate and have weekly couples meetings with your significant other to deepen the communication. Find couples games. If you have a hard time talking, because some of us are not the best communicators, we're nervous, we're scared. Amazon has great card games for couples that range from we're just having fun, getting to know each other, to really risque, risque games. Find something on the range, depending on where you are in your relationship, to spice it up a little bit and get to know each other. Have some fun. You should be having fun with your partner. Fun, 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 fun. Get to know each other. Do date nights. You should be dating still. I don't care if y'all 90. You should be dating still. Every two weeks, you should be doing something, and it doesn't have to cost money. Go on a date. Have some fun. Go to the park. Go to the movies. Eat dinner. Cook dinner. Cook a different meal you never had. Do something together that's just the two of you. Get rid of the kids. Ignore the kids at home if they're old enough to take care of themselves. Dump them. We leave our son at home all the time. He's 18, y'all. He's fine. But we leave him all the time and we go on dates. We have fun. Meet up with your other couple friends. Also, make sure that you have lives with your friends separately because that's important too. Okay? Make it a well-rounded picture. Get everything you need. Important to your relationship too. All right? So with that, have the couple's meetings. And my affirmation for today is to know I am worthy of love and I deserve to be in a loving and healthy relationship. And remember, regardless of your mental health journey, life is always better with you here. Take care and have a blessed and beautiful day. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and many more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. 
And for more information about us, please visit our site, withyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for future episode topics, send us a message. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.